IMA India, Executive Briefings, Diplomacy, August 2020. Soft is a hard hitter too. With the desire to establish sturdier links and exert influence in the Maldives, India signed an agreement to fund the largest infrastructure project in the island nation. The Greater Mali Connectivity Project, valued at US dollar 500 million, will connect Mali with three neighboring islands. The investment places India's total commitment to the Maldives at US dollar 2 billion, a sizable sum for that tiny island nation as it is for its developing, albeit much larger donor. From India's perspective, a strategically placed country in the Indian Ocean constitutes a critical foreign policy imperative, if only to allay China's growing influence in the region. Engagements between regional powers and beneficiaries employ dual platforms, encompassing both soft and hard power. Soft power is about co-opting and shaping preferences through appeal and attraction around culture, political values, civil society, support for important issues and global platforms, and the building of consensus and partnership. Hard power, on the other hand, is about coercion, financial dependence, economic sanctions, and military might. Possibly both have a time and place in international affairs, but the fact remains that soft power is more sustainable and cost-effective. China, under its current leadership, has used the Belt and Road Initiative as the key instrument of foreign policy. The way it works is that funding is provided for infrastructure in military projects, but on terms that compel recipients to become dependent on what initially seems a largesse, but as in some instances, eventually becomes a trap. This strategy may prove effective in engagements with authoritarian states, for instance, many in Africa, where the intent is to influence a nation's leadership rather than its wider population. In the short term, as China has observed with glee, it may prove effective, but skeptics question the aspect of sustainability. In Pakistan, the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor, first touted as a fine example of friendship, is now being viewed by the media, civil society, and wider population as a debt trap and loss of economic sovereignty. In parts of Africa too, Chinese projects rarely generate local employment, come with expensive funding, and are frequently unpopular in local communities. In any event, unlike richer or advanced economies, India does not have the financial wherewithal to fund its way to influence. There are pressing domestic compulsions to worry about, Respins try and play one donor against the other. Huge sums provided to a country under an affable administration can become futile should a hostile one be subsequently elected or to seize power. Logically, therefore, large civilian spends in strategically important countries should go hand in hand with some military quid pro quo, such as a naval base India has deftly negotiated in Mauritius. In the absence of this, the soft power option is perhaps preferred 
especially in countries with cultural and religious links. Whilst this takes time to evolve and prove its worth, the risks of a failed strategy are much lower. And risks there are when vast sums are advanced or invested as GMR, an Indian infrastructure company, will grudgingly acknowledge. Its airport project in the Maldives was usurped following a change of administration in the island nation and the company had to seek legal recourse. Governments across the world like to spend large sums on big projects as development aid, but there is not enough evidence to suggest that this has a matching payback. Apart from the initial gratitude and perhaps some honours for politicians, there needs to be an implicit guarantee that the investment will not convert to a write-off. A military base usually does the trick.